0: Please stand as you are able for the reading of today's scripture passage from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their crosses and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Please be seated. Costly grace. I get made fun of from time to time by my friends when I let it slip that I love to watch a TV show called Antiques Roadshow. They say things like, you don't look so bad for being 90 years old. <laughs> or I don't know how you have trouble sleeping if you watch that show. And it only gets worse when I tell them that I actually watched the British version of Antiques Roadshow. But I love that show because I love to hear the history behind all the objects. And I love to hear what it is that makes something have its value. It's interesting if you watch that show. The tiniest flaw or imperfection or alteration to an item can change the value exponentially. And no matter how big or small the object, the bottom line on the Antiques Roadshow is always, what would it cost you? If you had to buy that item at that moment in time, what would it cost? When I finished college and left Arkansas and moved to Fort Worth to start seminary, I had a wreck in my old paid-for car And didn't get enough money for it to buy another viable used car. And so I was going to have to make payments on something, which I hadn't done. And so I thought if I've got to make payments, I'll get a a really, really, really cheap, the cheapest new car I can find instead of make payments on a used car. So I began this quest to find the cheapest new vehicle I could find. And I found it. And I bought it. It didn't have carpet in it. It had a rubber mat. It didn't have a headliner in it. It was just the metal roof. And boy was it loud when it rained. I had no idea. And had the crank windows. It didn't have electric windows. It just had an AM radio. But since I didn't have much income, working four part-time jobs, and I didn't have any money, and I had no credit history. I had to finance it for the longest possible term to get the payments as low as possible. And I got the highest possible interest rate, (laughs) like 16 point something percent. And I was young and inexperienced and didn't know. And it was only at the end of that long term that I figured out what I really had paid for the cheapest vehicle I could find. And when I added it all up, I could have bought a really nice ride. (laughs) Because I didn't know any better. I never totaled up the true cost. The true cost. When I was a teenager, I was a big fan of a singer-songwriter, Don McLean. He had a couple of big hits, American Pie and Starry, Starry Night. But one of my favorite songs on one of his albums was called The more you pay, the more it's worth. The setting was a livestock auction. And it's drawn to the end of the sale. And the lyrics go like this. The auctioneer said, I'm not through yet. Here's a horse the likes of which you've never seen. And the straw hats in the sun with a face beneath each one shone doubtful, and the auctioneer got mean. Do you think you can find a horse like this every day? I don't think there's any better on this earth. And the more you pay, the more it's worth. The more you pay, the more it's worth. Well, in our text from Mark, we hear about costly grace. In the beginning of that passage, Jesus is talking to the twelve disciples and explaining what it will cost him to reveal to us the extent of God's grace and love toward us. He says, The Son of Man must suffer. And what a cost he will suffer. He will be misunderstood even by his family, even by those 12 chosen ones that he's talking to. They never figure him out. He'll suffer the burden of a love for his people that is so deep that it will break his heart. He'll suffer the weight Of the call of God on his life and what is expected and asked of him. Eventually Jesus will suffer humiliation and physical beating. That suffering, what a cost Jesus pays. Then Jesus tells him that he would suffer the cost of rejection by the chief priests, and the elders, and the scribes. The leaders of his religion. The religion that had formed and shaped Jesus. The leaders of the religion that Jesus was fulfilling in love. The people who should have understood him the most and embraced him most closely would reject him to the point of plotting against him and eventually taking his life. What a cost. And then Jesus says that he would pay the ultimate cost of his life. Jesus openly says, Mark declares, that he would be killed and rise again on the third day. And no matter how much Peter did not want that to be true, it was the cost that Jesus was willing to pay for us to know the extent of God's love and grace toward us. And then in that passage, it changes. Jesus reprimands, rebukes Peter, and then he turns away from the twelve into the crowd, the huge crowd. And he speaks to all these people. And he speaks about the cost of grace for them. If anyone would wish to fully live in the grace offered to you, you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. For those of us who want power, for those of us who want recognition, for those of us who want Credit for those of us who want control, for those of us who want what we think we deserve. It's quite a high cost to deny ourselves, isn't it? In Jesus' day, those who were convicted of a crime and sentenced to death would be marched through the streets with the cross beam of the cross on their back for everyone to see. Jesus himself will do that at the end of his life. Jesus says we deny ourselves and take up our cross, that we would take on his life in such a way that it would be as obvious to everyone who sees us that we are his follower as it would be if we had a cross roped to our shoulders. There'd be nowhere to hide. It would be our identity from that point on. We would be marked as his. Jesus says, we pay the cost of losing our life in grace to find true life. Anyone who would save their life must lose it. To find true life, abundant life, eternal life. If we try to earn that grace, we're going to lose our life for sure. So don't be ashamed of acknowledging what Jesus asks of us. Acknowledging our need, acknowledging our shortcomings, acknowledging our failures, acknowledging our sins. Jesus asks the question that is the question for all of us across all the ages. What does it profit someone to gain the whole world and lose their life? To lose the life we could have had. To lose the life we could have had in God's grace. The life we could have had being the person God meant for us to be. Experiencing the life God meant for us to know. What would it mean to gain the whole world and miss out on that? Grace was revealed to us at the highest cost. Jesus forgiving those who nailed him to the cross. Jesus laying down his life for us all. Grace is so costly that it is priceless. Its value can't be measured because it can't be Bought or sold, it can only be received as a gift. A gift that's offered freely to everyone, no matter who we are, where we've been. Grace that's priceless. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a great theologian, a German Lutheran pastor. He was arrested by the Gestapo in Germany for opposing Hitler and opposing the extermination of the Jews. He was sent to prison and then to the Flossenbürg concentration camp, and he was hung. Executed for his faith right at the end of Hitler, right before Hitler's Nazi regime fell. In 1937, he wrote a book called Cost of Discipleship. Hear these words Costly grace is the gospel which must be sought again and again and again, the gift which must be asked for, that at which a man must knock. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow, and it is grace because it asks us to follow Jesus Christ. It is costly because it costs a man his life and it is grace because it gives a man the only true life. It is costly because it condemns sin and grace because it justifies the sinner. Oh, let us Come anew and lose ourselves in the costly grace of God, where there is forgiveness for all and new life for each and every one of us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.